welcome to the She Simplifies podcast, where you'll receive heartfelt encouragement as you pursue a simple, joyful, faith-filled motherhood. I'm Carrie, the founder of She Simplifies, as well as the Mamas Move Mountains online community. I help mamas go from surviving to thriving with tiny lifestyle tweaks, restoring energy, peace, and joy along the way. This is episode number four, Feeling Weary in the Ministry of Motherhood. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode. Uh, it's once again Saturday morning. The sun is shining here in Colorado, and I just celebrated my 36th birthday yesterday. And I got to admit, I was feeling a little weary yesterday because my two and a half year old is no longer napping. <laughs> and that makes for an extremely long day. Um, we ended up hopping in the car and he fell asleep in the car. So I had a nice, long, quiet birthday drive with my little boy in the back seat sleeping. And that was really nice. But um, going from, you know, napping every afternoon to not napping anymore has left me feeling a little worn out. <laughs> and it's a, a new normal for us that I'm still adjusting to. So I woke up this morning feeling, still feeling a little weary, um, and I was not feeling super up for recording a podcast episode this morning, and then I dove into God's Word about feeling weary and got super inspired to share with you some of the truths from the Bible about feeling weary and not feeling weary in your ministry. And I was thinking about that. And, you know, as moms, we may not have a ministry where we are out preaching the gospel to crowds of people day in and day out, but we do have a ministry. And I've started thinking of it as the ministry of motherhood, because we are called to first and foremost, teach God's word and God's love to our own families and our own children. And that's an ongoing process, day in and day out, year in and year out, that we're called to do. So as moms, we have a ministry and an extremely important one, more important than going out and you know, preaching the gospel to crowds of strangers or, or anything like that. What we do within our own home is critically important. And just like um, the, the scriptures record the ministers in that day and time feeling weary at times, we feel weary at times too for a lot of factors. And, you know, a toddler who's not sleeping is <laughs> the one in my life that's the biggest right now. But I dove into God's word about this topic this morning. So that's what I want to share with you. So we'll start off in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 in the King James says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I come back to this verse over and over and over again because it's saying let us not grow weary. And I have to admit, I find myself confessing and saying to others that I'm feeling weary quite often. Um, you know, long season of a little one who doesn't sleep very well, and it's easy to feel weary and worn out and to confess that I'm feeling weary and worn out because that's the reality of the situation. But this scripture is encouraging to let us not feel weary 
And the word weary here is the is the Greek word ek kakeo, E-K-K-A-K-E, long O, ek kakeo. And it's translated in the scriptures, uh, faint and weary. Those are the two words that it is translated into in different verses. It means to be utterly spiritless, to be wearied out, to be exhausted, to fail in heart or to lose courage. I've definitely felt this way. Um, a number of times over the past couple years, you know, to just be so weary and exhausted that you feel like you've fainted in your heart and you're just done. Um, and I don't know that anyone goes through seasons of life without feeling that way at times. But the second part of this verse says, for in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. So Yes, we can feel weary. Yes, we can feel exhausted and, you know, lose courage, lose heart, and, you know, at times feel discouraged. But God is telling us that in due season, we're going to reap if we faint not. If we don't just completely give up and walk away, um, we are going to reap in due season, in due time. doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month, but it will happen. And that's something, a promise from him that we can hold on to when things are particularly challenging in a certain season of life. Um, it's really interesting, too, because the Apostle Paul talks about this in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to flip over and I want to read to you, first of all, the introduction to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 or 4 here, just to give you a little bit of an introduction to this letter that Paul wrote um, in 2 Corinthians. So this says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Okay, so this is Paul and Timothy writing to the church of God at Corinth. And this is after Jesus Christ was crucified and ascended into heaven. This is after the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down on the believing men and women there. And this is before the return of Jesus Christ, which hasn't happened yet. So this time period when Paul and Timothy were walking on earth ministering to the believers is the same biblical time period that we live in today because it's after Christ, you know, after his crucifixion, after his ascension, after the gift of Holy Spirit, and it's before the return of Jesus Christ to gather the saints up into heaven. So this is, this is written to us as well. When he's talking to the church of God, that includes us. Um, and I love these verses here. This is just a total side note, but I can't skip over 
this side note here because in verses uh, 3 and 4, he's saying, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. So he's attributing, you know, the God of all comfort here. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So what he's talking about here is... Um, God comforts us, and in our tribulation, we can turn around and comfort others who are facing tribulation. Why? Because of the comfort that we are comforted of God. So uh, I think about how, you know, I've been through a really tough road with my son's sleep and his health and, oh, you know, feeling exhausted beyond what I can hardly even put into words and from that you know what what good comes from that I'm not sure exactly except for the fact that I can then comfort others who are going through the same thing I can encourage other moms and say I know how hard this is it's brutal and I understand how exhausted you are and it is going to get better and so because of the things that we've been through in life we can turn around and the good that can come from that is our opportunity and ability to empathize with others who are facing something similar and comfort them. So that's just a side note. But when I think about, you know, why God, why am I going through this? You know, what good could possibly come out of this hard thing that I'm going through? Well, maybe the answer is that I can then minister to someone else because I've been there and I've lived it and I and I know exactly what it's like and I can speak to that specific situation. So, side note there. But going back to this. So, second uh second Corinthians is written to us basically from Paul and Timothy. So, I'm going to flip over to second Corinthians chapter 4 and going back to um, this word weary, ekakeo, and how it means to faint or be spiritless or be exhausted or to lose heart, lose courage. Um, this word, ekakeo, is also used a couple times in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, which is why we're here. And I want to highlight these two verses in the King James real quick, and then I want to read the whole chapter to you in the message version because it's just beautifully written and easier to understand. So 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1, uh, Paul says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. We faint not. So that's that word, um, ekakeo, to be weary or to faint. So he is saying, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, you know, they ministered to the, the church in that day and time. As we have received mercy, we faint not. And that's where I think of what is our ministry? Well, it's the ministry of motherhood. It's the ministry of raising our children and teaching them God's word. Not easy to do in this day and time and in this generation that we live in, in this season that we live in, and the, you know, the opposition to God's word that is flooding around us. But that's our ministry. So just like he is saying, you know, we faint not. Well, we as moms in the ministry of motherhood faint not as well. And then verse 16 in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, this is still King James. This says, For which cause we faint not, 
But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Same word here. Um, for which cause we faint not, that's ekakeo. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And we'll come back to that, that concept and that thought in a minute. But I wanted to highlight the two places in this chapter where that word ekakeo is used. And to give a broader understanding of this chapter, I just want to read the whole thing to you. Um, it's 18 verses, and I'm going to read this in the message version. So just soak this up like a story. This is part of Paul's letter to you. Since God has so generously led us in on what he is doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job just because we run into occasional hard times. We refuse to wear masks and play games. We don't maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes, and we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open, the whole truth on display, so that those who want to can see and judge for themselves in the presence of God. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking or going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes for is the fashionable god of darkness. They think he can give them what they want, and that they won't have to bother believing the truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day-spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ, who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. Remember, our message is not about ourselves. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Master. All we are is messengers, errand runners from Jesus for you. It started when God said, light up the darkness, and our lives filled up with light as we saw and understood God in the face of Christ, all bright and beautiful. If you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. As it is, there's not much chance of that. You know for yourselves that we're not much to look at. We've been surrounded and battered by troubles, but we're not demoralized. We're not sure what to do, but we know that God knows what to do. We've been spiritually terrorized, but God hasn't left our side. We've been thrown down, but we haven't broken. What they did to Jesus, they do to us. Trial and torture, mockery and murder. What Jesus did among them, he does in us. He lives. Our lives are at constant risk for Jesus' sake which makes Jesus' life all the more evident in us. While we're going through the worst, you're getting in on the best. We're not keeping this quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed, so I said it. We say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. So we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside it often looks like things are falling apart on us, on the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. Isn't that cool? It's so beautiful. Um, this is Paul talking about his ministry and the challenges that they face, the, you know, the 
possibility of growing weary and coming up against all this opposition. But listen to that encouragement. We're not giving up. And even on the outside, it looks like things are falling apart. But on the inside, God is making new life. Not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. So that is the encouragement that we can apply to our own lives. Because, you know, the outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. And that means new strength, new vigor to make new. And I think about having strength for today. Um, When things are particularly hard, we don't need strength for eternity or for this year or for this month, but we just need strength for today. And so just beautiful words here in the context of that word, weary, ekakeo, from Galatians 6, 9, that says not to be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And I want to read to you that same verse, Galatians 6, 9, in the Passion Translation, which says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. I feel like that translation applies perfectly to the ministry of motherhood because we are planting good seeds in our children day in and day out. We are teaching them about God, about Jesus Christ, about life in the context of spiritual matters, not just senses realm matters. We're planting good seeds, and the season of reaping the harvest that we've planted is coming. As our children grow, as they have learned, you know, about God's grace and mercy and love and the great plan of redemption and what the bigger picture is, you know, the picture of eternity is in their lives, that's the harvest. That's um, planting those seeds in our children from a young age or whatever age, you know, we start doing this, and then you know, watching that harvest come into fruition as they grow and turn back to God over and over and over again and and trust in Him throughout the course of their lives. So that's the ministry of motherhood. That's what we do. And yes, there are seasons where we feel weary. Yes, there are seasons where it's very easy to feel like we're going to faint. But that harvest is coming. And The outward man perishes. Day by day, we grow older. Our physical bodies, you know, grow older and start to deteriorate. But the inward man, that inner spirit within us is renewed day by day. And, you know, a lot of times that renewal just requires a little bit of rest, just requires closing up shop on the day that you just, you know, lived through or endured or survived if it's particularly hard, going to sleep, getting renewed overnight by that rest that our bodies need, and waking up in the morning with a fresh perspective, fresh energy, fresh, you know, positive mindset and optimism for the day. And a lot of times that renewing that God provides in our spirit just requires a little bit of rest. Um... I was thinking back about a time when I did the most physically demanding thing I've ever done. And we were living in Crested Butte, Colorado, which is a tiny ski town on the western slope of the Rocky Mountains. And out our 
back apartment window, we could see Mount Crested Butte, which is a 12,000-plus-foot peak. And it's called a butte because it stands alone. It's not attached to a big mountain range, but rather it's a standalone peak. So one day I woke up in the morning and decided that I was going to hike from our apartment on the backside of this mountain all the way around to the front of the mountain and to the peak of Mount Crested Butte. And I was going to do it solo by myself because my husband was at work. <laughs> and I was watching the weather and it looked like it could be a little overcast and dreary and rainy and, you know, at the peak of the mountain, maybe snowy. And I said, well, I think the weather's going to hold off. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get going. And so I got ready. I packed my, you know, my pack with my water and all that stuff. And I started hiking. And let me tell you, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. I was determined to do it. Um, but I recorded the trip with my phone. And when it was all said and done, by the time I hiked up, or, you know, around and up and then back down, it ended up being almost 22 miles with 8,800 feet of elevation change. So 4,400 feet up and 4,400 feet back down. And it took me just shy of nine and a half hours to do this solo hike. And I've got to tell you, I didn't make it all the way to the absolute peak because I was about, I don't know, 100 yards from what you would consider the very, very, very tip top. And it's a rock scramble at the top where you have to kind of hop these giant boulders and it's a little precarious and you know a little a little unsafe in the wrong conditions and as I got really close to the peak it started to snow and there was nobody else up there which is not a great idea to be doing that completely alone I passed one girl as she was hiking back down I said is there anyone else up there and she goes nope I was the only one there's nobody else and there was there was no one else on the top of that mountain that day because the weather was turning and you know a little bit of rain turned into snow up there so I did not complete the last hundred yards because it was just too risky and too dangerous to risk getting injured up there and there being no self-service and nobody up there but I made it pretty far <laughs> so I remember you know starting out the day fresh and optimistic and excited and determined and you know halfway through getting thwarted by the weather and having to turn around just just before reaching the very top um, hiking back down and I was about halfway back down and one of my knees just started hurting so badly and so I was basically limping back down and I still you know I was only three quarters of the way through 22 miles at that point. So I had, a, I had a long ways to go still. And I got to a point where I had cell service and I just started calling my family members and talking to them on the way down the mountain because I was so weary at that point. I was, I was in pain. I was exhausted. I was starving. And I was like, okay, I've got another five and a half miles to go to get down the rest of this mountain back to my house and I needed, you know, some encouragement. So I hopped on the phone and talked to my brother and talked to my sister and they talked me down that mountain. And I think about that, that physical demanding long day that required so much endurance and how weary I felt as I literally limped back 
into the door of my apartment and kind of collapsed on the ground and said, wow, I wasn't really physically prepared for that. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was something I was really proud of and a, a great memory to look back on. But those are the kind of days that we have sometimes. And it may not be a day that's that physically demanding, but it could be that mentally demanding or that emotionally demanding or that spiritually demanding where in the ministry of motherhood, it has just taken everything we've got to make it back down that mountain and make it to bedtime. And, <laughs> um, you know, there are practical things that we can do on a daily basis to help pull ourselves out of feeling super weary like that. And the most important, I think, is is rest. When When the day gets long and it's hard and we're about to faint, the best thing in the world is when bedtime rolls around and we can go to sleep because you and I both know, like we all know how much better we feel when we wake up in the morning. But everything from, you know, nourishing our bodies with healthy food to getting some exercise and movement in our day to fresh air and sunshine, um, you know, with our, I think about it in body, soul, spirit. So body, physical, food, exercise, rest, sunshine, fresh air. Soul is, uh, you know, our mental, emotional stuff where we're filtering what comes into our lives. We're setting boundaries for what we're consuming, you know, the negativity in the world. We're finding little things that help bring us joy every day. And then spirit, starting and ending the day with the Father. Starting the day with, you know, an acknowledgement of, hey God, good morning, love you, thanks for being there for me today you know, a, a prayer of, of thanks and a prayer of connection with our Father and ending our day the same way where we're, you know, acknowledging the blessings that God has provided for our life that day. And it could be as simple as, you know, I'm really thankful for the food on the table and the roof over our heads. And it could be something a lot more nuanced and detailed than that. But those are some of the things that we can do as we are going through this ministry of motherhood on a day-by-day -day basis where we're starting and ending the day with our father is the most important part of that body, soul, spirit where we're taking care of ourselves and, you know, working on not allowing ourselves to be weary or disheartened or to, you know, faint in our hearts and, and give up on that day or that season. So those are my thoughts. I know that was a lot. I'm trying to not let this go too long, but those are my thoughts on feeling weary, the ministry of motherhood, and how we, um, as, you know, partners with our father can do things every day to take care of ourselves so that we are not feeling weary. We're not going to faint in our hearts and in our minds. Um, so there you go. That's Galatians 6, 9 and first or 2 Corinthians chapter 4 for you today. Thank you for listening. Um, we're right around the corner from Christmas, so I'm praying that you all have a very Merry Christmas with your families in whichever way you're celebrating this year, that you're able to relax and enjoy and, of course, remembering why we celebrate this season and as we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and acknowledge that, you know, that's, that's what this is all about. So,
praying for you guys as you enjoy Christmas next Friday, and I will probably record another podcast after that. So I will talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the She Simplifies podcast. I'd love to connect and chat with you, so please head over to Instagram and send me a message at She Simplifies or email me directly at hey, H-E-Y, she simplifies at gmail.com. To learn more about She Simplifies, the Mamas Move Mountains online community, or opportunities to take one of my courses or work one-on-one with me, please visit shesimplifies.com. And finally, it would be so helpful if you'd rate and review this podcast. Until next time, have a joyful day. Thank you.